Hola y bienvenidos a Sex and Spanglish, where we empower mujeres to get in touch with their bodies, own their pleasure, and where we discuss all the cochinadas our abuelas didn't tell us about. Hi all, my name is Ana, a certified sex coach who is earning a master's in social work and human sexualities education. I created this podcast as a way to start a conversation about sex in the Latin community because, let's be real, we don't talk about sex in our communities. It is my vision to have La Familia Latina discussing sex with one another, just like they do with chisme. Bienvenida, mi gente. Today, I'm going to be soltando toda la sopa about orgasms. So, mujeres, are you aware that there are over 11 types of orgasms? I say over 11 because depending on who you ask, there's gonna, they're going to say like 13, they're going to say 12. You know, it, it really just depends on who you ask. So the minimum number is 11. Um, so I like to say over 11 because there could be more. You never know. So I'm going to go ahead and go through the 11 types that I refer to and tell you a little bit about them. So the first one is one of the most common. It's the vaginal one. So the vaginal orgasm takes place with um, inside the vaginal canal. So if the inside of your vagina is stimulated, then you're, and you experience an orgasm, that's a vaginal orgasm. Similarly, if you have a clitoral orgasm, that's from stimulation of the clitoris. So um, the vaginal and the clitoral are two of the most common orgasms that are experienced um, in female bodies. The next orgasm is the mental orgasm. And this orgasm happens with stimulation of the mind so like the brain. And um, when you have this stimulation and you experience an orgasm, it's typically said to be a full body orgasm because the brain does affect the entire body. Then there is the mouth orgasm, which is stimulation of the mouth. And with stimulation of the anal cavity or the anus, um, you have an anal orgasm. And then stimulation of the nip of a nipple or both nipples, um, you'll you typically have a um, or experience a nipple orgasm. There's also a breath and energy orgasm. So this orgasm um, is one of the reasons why that the numbers are kind of not set in stone because some people think that a breath orgasm is one on its own. Some people consider energy to be one on its own. Some people put them together. Uh, so it just, again, it just depends on who you ask. But a breath slash energy orgasm is essentially uh, similar to meditation. It's like deep breathing and it's the moving of oxygen throughout the body, which is also moving energies um, throughout your body. And that creates a like a full body orgasm. There's also... Um, the uterine orgasm, which is simulation of the um, urethra. So where your pee comes out of, that's actually a pretty sensitive spot. And if it's stimulated enough, uh, you will have a uterine orgasm. There's also a G-spot orgasm. And this is like an infamous um, type of orgasm. It's often associated with female ejaculation and squirting, and it's often called the female um, prostate, but that's wrong. 
So the G-spot is correlated. Well, first of all, the G-spot does exist. Don't get me wrong. It does exist. Squirting is a thing. No, it is not pee, but that's for a different episode. But the G-spot is not the female prostate. The female prostate is actually in a different location, and I'll go into that in just a second. But for now, the G-spot is located inside the vagina. It's about two inches inside the vaginal canal. It's on the roof. And when that is stimulated, you will have a, you can experience a G-spot orgasm, which can result in female ejaculation, aka squirting, but it doesn't always mean that you're going to ejaculate or squirt. You can also ejaculate or squirt without an orgasm. Again, there'll be an entire episode on G-spots and the female um, ejaculation, but for now, that's all you need to know. G-spot orgasm is from stimulation of the G-spot. Moving on to the next orgasm is the A-spot. Now, the A-spot is most similar to the female prostate, and that is because stimulation of this um, is, is best or easiest to reach it from the anus. And as, uh, as common knowledge that men, um, their prostate, it's best to reach it, you know, through their ass, right? So same thing with a woman, their A-spot. Think A-spot, A for ass. You can reach it there. The A-spot is the anterior fornix, and it's located about two inches, depending on your body, um, above the G-spot or past the G-spot. It's between the cervix and the bladder. So stimulation of this results in an A-spot orgasm. And then the last orgasm that I'm going to talk about is the body orgasm. So I already kind of talked about like a full body orgasm. And this is the same thing, but it's from stimulation of the body. So wherever that may be, it may be stimulation of the entire body or kind of like certain parts. And it just, um, it results in a full body orgasm. Now, I know you're thinking, you're probably like, how do I experience these? Like, there's so many, I want to experience them all, or there's a certain one you want to experience. Or some of you are probably even thinking like, well, I can't even get one. Like, what the hell? And then there's all these or other orgasms that I haven't experienced, and I can't even get a vaginal or a clitoral. Like, I've never had one. I totally understand. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So there are two main reasons why women, in particular, do not orgasm. One is that they're not getting any stimulation. So this happens in two different ways. So either you're not getting stimulated at all, so there's no stimulation whatsoever, you either don't feel anything or you're just not feeling anything, or it's in a way that you don't like. So you know that thing that like your boyfriend or your husband has been doing for years and you're like, too afraid to tell him that you don't really like it, but you go with it anyway. That's why you're not orgasming because you don't say anything. And he continues to do it because he thinks that you like it. So rule number one, stop faking it. And rule number two, have those conversations with your partner. Let them know what you like and what you don't like. And your third piece of homework is find out what you do like. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. Anyway. The second main reason for not orgasming is not being mentally present. You need to be present. And I know we hear this all the time, especially that like self-care is like this super common word lately. 
But it's true. You need to be present. No puedes estar um, acostada con un hombre y pensando en, en lavando los trastes. Like, it doesn't work that way. You can't be thinking about, oh, you know, what am I going to cook for dinner? What am I going to do tomorrow? Tal y tal cosa. You have to be present, especially if you've never experienced an orgasm before. How are you? If you're not focusing on what's going on, you're not going to feel anything which means no stimulation, which means no orgasm. So you need to be present. And I know it can be hard, especially when you have a million things going on. Trust me, I get it. But you need to focus if this is what you want. Like you need to focus on what you're doing in that moment. Give yourself some time. Schedule some time aside for this. You know, it doesn't have to be every day or, you know, whatever. Set some time aside for yourself. You know, consider this like you time. Now, there's a third reason why um, women and men um, don't orgasm, and that's trauma. Now, that is not something that needs that can be dealt with on your own. I mean, I guess it certainly can, but it's it's best to seek out a professional. So whether that be a therapist or a bodywork healer, whatever you decide, that is entirely up to you. Um, and I can definitely go more into that you know, off on the side, if you want to reach out to me and talk to me about that, um, I can definitely let you know uh, what the difference is. Um, if you see a therapist, either a licensed clinical social worker or a marriage and family therapist, I would suggest that they be an ASECT certified therapist, because if they are not, they likely will not be sex positive, And so they aren't going to be helped going to be able to help you in the best way possible. Now, in the show notes, I'm going to list a link where you can find a certified sexological body worker as well as an ASIC certified therapist. If you have any questions about that or, you know, any trauma-related things that you're like, I don't know where's the best place to go for help, feel free to DM me on Instagram at sexandspanglish, and you can also email me at sexandspanglish at gmail.com. I'm more than happy to help you find the resources necessary to help you work through that. Um, once you work through that trauma, you'll be able to, you know, focus on, on the orgasm. But until then, especially if it's like sexual trauma that hasn't been addressed, um, I definitely suggest seeking professional help in that arena. I also suggest reading the book, The Body Keeps the Score. It is an amazing text. I'm going to be honest here. So I'm in school, right? And I rarely read the books that I'm supposed to read, like, because all the assignments we have to do have nothing to do with the textbook. So that doesn't make any sense. Anyways, I actually read this whole book cover to cover. I absolutely love it. I'm going to leave a link to it in the show notes. I highly suggest you read it, even if you haven't um, been through trauma yourself. Um, it's a very interesting read. And if you have been through trauma, I, it's a must read. Um, it talks about how the mind and the body are connected and how trauma impacts the body as far as like autoimmune diseases and, you know, things like that. It's, it's a really good read. Again, I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. Going back to stimulation, if you're going to orgasm, you have to be stimulated. Think about it. If you put a pot of water on the stove and you don't turn on the stove, the water's never going to boil, Right. So you can expect the water to boil if you don't turn on the heat. Similarly, you can expect to orgasm if you don't 
turn on the arousal or you don't, you know, and you don't get aroused if you're not stimulated. So get stimulated. And trying too hard won't get you there either. It, you know, it's not going to get you there faster. And it's likely not to get you there at all because your body's going to get tired. Your body's going to get frustrated and, you know, overstimulated. Going back to the pot analogy, if you put a, a pot of water on the stove and you turn it on high heat with the cover on, what's going to happen? Some of the water is going to evaporate and some of the water is going to flow over. And then you're going to have to start all over. So the same thing with the body. If you're continually stimulating it and almost like trying to force it to get to go to get it to go somewhere, you're going to dry up. You know, it happens. <laughs> so, you know, if the, if that's the case and you're really trying, you know, trying really hard to get there, you know, give yourself a break. You know, it's it's great to, you know, stimulate yourself and stuff like that, but like take it easy. You know, like your body has feelings too, you know, just chill out. So earlier I mentioned being stimulated, but not in the way that you like it. So I want to go into a little bit more about that. So like, ask yourself the following questions. Do you know what you want? Do you know what you like? Do you know what you don't want? Do you know what you don't like? Do you know what your vulva looks like? Have you seen it when you're turned on? Because they look completely different when in the aroused state and the non-aroused state. Trust me, try it out. Are there parts of your body you don't want touched? So whether it have been because of trauma or just you just don't like it, you need to know these things. Are there parts of your body you do for sure want to be touched each and every time? Communicate that with your partner. Do you want certain parts touched more than others? So maybe there's like, maybe you like, you know, your nipples touched and your shoulders touched. I don't know. And maybe you want your shoulders touched more than your nipples. Like also needs to be communicated, but it can't be communicated if you don't know. If you answered no to any of these questions, I would encourage you to at the very least explore your body in a non-sexual way. So this doesn't have to be a sexual thing. You can, you know, just explore your body, get get to know what it feels like. You know, what does it smell like? What does it taste like? How does it sound when you touch it a certain way? What are the different textures of your body? You know, certain places are harder than others or softer than others, you know, bumpy, whatever. You know, get to know your body and what it feels like. You know how the gynecologist is always telling you to do a self-breast examination? The reason they're doing that is because you are supposed to know your body best. Your doctor sees hundreds of patients every single day. So they are not going to remember what your breasts feel like, and not all breasts feel the same. So if you, if you continually give yourself those breast examinations, you're going to know when something's wrong. Similarly, if you know your body in a sexual way and in a non-sexual way, like, oh, you know what, like my body, uh, um, my vulva, for example, typically doesn't smell like this. Okay, then that's a hint that something is wrong. And then you go to the doctor. Like, you are just as much responsible for your health than as your doctor is. Like, they are not expected to know every little thing about their body, they about your body. They are responsible for knowing 
medically, medical things, you know, like prescriptions they can prescribe you and things like that. They are not responsible for knowing about your body. That is your responsibility. So empower yourself and learn about your body so that you can then advocate for your health and your sexual health and, you know, advocate for yourself in in the um, doctor's office, you know, that if the more you know, the better help you are going to receive. If you go in there blind, they're not really going to be able to help you as much as if you knew your body. Anyways, explore your body is the point. And this is super helpful at the doctor, like I said. Um, I also encourage you to masturbate. And I know a lot of women do not either don't like to admit that they do this or they, they're just like, no, like that's weird. I don't know, you know, and I get it. That's fine. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. That's your body. However, if you are struggling orgasming or you're just having trouble in the bedroom period with like, you know what, like it doesn't feel as good as I think it should, you know, whatever, it's likely not your partner. I mean, it could be, but also you, again, you are responsible. You are responsible for, you know, knowing what you like, for knowing what you don't like, and being able to communicate with that part with your partner. They are not mind readers. It is not their responsibility to give you an orgasm. It is your responsibility to know what you like in order to help you get there. And you do that by masturbation. If you're not comfortable with that, that's totally fine. I'm more than... Um, happy to have a discussion with you about how that looks if you want if you're looking to try to orgasm for the first time and masturbation isn't you know your thing feel free um, right now to the end of august i have a um, free 15 minute sessions available we can talk about how that looks if you're really not comfortable with masturbation and you really want to um, experience orgasm for the first time i'm more than happy to have that conversation with you so just reach out to me at sex at gmail.com or you can dm me on instagram at sex and and we'll go from there so on to my next point orgasm is not the goal and i know what you're thinking you're like well why the hell am i listening to this podcast then like i i want to orgasm like that was the whole point i'm listening to this damn episode right and i get it however if you're only focused on the goal you're not going to get there, one. Two, you're going to miss the entire journey to get there. So person who has never experienced an orgasm, let me ask you this. Do you not enjoy sex at all? Like, have you never enjoyed sex in your entire life? Or you're just like, oh, I like it, but it would be nice if I had, you know, an orgasm too. That'd be like the cherry on the top. Pretty sure it was the last one, right? Like you enjoy it, but you're like, I'd really like to have this thing as well. You know, and I, I can almost guarantee that that's the case. You're missing out. If you're only focusing on getting to that end goal, you're missing out on all the goodness that comes before that. And that's probably why you're not getting to the goal in the first place. If you're simply focused on the end result, you're not going to enjoy yourself enough to get there. So, you know, enjoy yourself. That's, that's the whole point. It's pleasurable. That is the point. And some people actually like sex more than they like orgasm. So not to say that orgasm shouldn't be your goal, but, you know, enjoy yourself. Like, take some pressure off. We have enough pressure on us as women. It's especially women of color. Like, just chill out and, and enjoy the journey. So 
my next point is that the more you practice, the easier it gets. The more you masturbate, um, the more you have like mutual masturbation, the more you have sex, the easier it gets to orgasm. But it has to be intentional. You have to know what you want and, you know, keep learning, not just doing it just to do it. Like if I wanted to be, I don't know, like a professional athlete, for example, like say I wanted to be like a professional basketball player. Okay. Yeah. I know the basics of basketball. I can play. That's fine. Am I good? No. Am I good enough to be a professional athlete? Hell no. So if I want to be a professional athlete, it's not enough to just go out and play. I have to learn. I have to watch, you know, these videos and watch people play and, you know, get coaching and things like that in order to be a better player. It's the same thing with sex. Just because you can do it without training doesn't mean that you're doing it like, quote unquote, right or doing it in a way that's going to get you where you want to go. If you have a goal, you always need a mentor. You always need a coach. You always need, you know, someone to help you along the way. And that's what sex therapists are for. That's what sex coaches are for. You know, all these different professionals. That is what our job is, is to help you and guide you along the way. It's not to tell you, you know, um, exactly what to do. And then you have no, like, like, I'm not going to be in your bedroom, like, telling you, like, oh, move your leg here, move your arm there. Like, no, that's not how it works. But I give you tips and guide you um, based on my knowledge, you know, and to help you get there. Um, because let's be real. We don't, like I said, la, comun la comunidad latina doesn't talk about it. Half of us don't know what we're talking about. We don't know where we're doing. We just know how to do the act. And obviously, we're not doing that well. Otherwise, everybody would experience, be experiencing orgasms, right? So anyways, for those who have never had an orgasm, toys and visual aids are your best friend. So that means vibrators. That means dildos. That means porn, erotica, whatever. They're super helpful and you know, they they get that that fantasy that well, first of all, the visual aids get that fantasy going, you know, and the toys too. You can you can combine them. They don't have to be separate. Vibrating toys in particular are very helpful for someone who's never experienced an orgasm because as I said, the first after you have the first one, they're the subsequent ones or the next ones are easier to have. And so if you just want to try and have a clitoral orgasm first and then, you know, go from there, that's totally fine too. Um, so yeah, toys and visual aids are your friend. If you have any questions about that or you want any clarification or, you know, um, anything like that, feel free again, email me sexandspanglish at gmail.com or send me a DM on Instagram at sexandspanglish. Now, my next question for you is, how often do you think about sex? Do you like not think about it all day? And then at the end of the night, you want to go and have sex. And then you're like, oh, shit, I didn't orgasm again. Like, well, okay, we're going to try tomorrow. Like, no, you can't spend all day with, you know, your head in the books that you're reading or at work or, you know, ayudando los niños, like whatever it is, you can't do that. I mean, you can, but obviously it's not serving you. Otherwise you wouldn't be listening about, um, listening to this episode about how to orgasm, right? Like that, that's not how it goes. So, you know, you need to think about it, you know, fantasize a little bit, like, you know, 
send your your partner like a sexy text or just just think about them and like maybe what you want them to do to you what do you want to do to them what you know whatever it is like so spend time fantasizing or just thinking about sex in general like fantasize about your partner fantasize about you know your favorite movie star that your favorite novella star like athlete whatever it is like spend time doing that and it doesn't have and fantasies don't have to be something that would actually happen you know that's the whole point is that it's a fantasy it's like a daydream that just happens to be about sex like it doesn't have to be something that's going to happen for it to be effective a majority of fantasies don't happen and that's the fun part of it that you can imagine this and it doesn't have to happen you know it, you can have a partner and fantasize about somebody else and that's not you know cheating in my opinion that's just that's just having an imagination there's nothing wrong with that um and i'll definitely be doing a whole episode on fantasies so you know don't worry about that but if you do again if you have you want any clarification or you know questions or anything about anything that i'm talking about always always reach out to me my last thing that i want to say is read and write erotica especially for those of you that are into reading and into writing Reading and writing erotica can be so fun. So just like with fantasizing, it's just getting those fantasies out on paper. If you're writing and reading, it's reading about someone else's fantasies, you know? Sometimes they have a really good storyline, so I really like reading. So if they have a storyline that's like a bonus cuz you know the books are a little bit longer, erotica is typically shorter. Um and if you need any suggestions, I'm more than happy to send you some that I've read. I personally prefer urban fiction because there's like this huge um there's this huge market for it. The books are pretty cheap. If you go on um Kindle Unlimited, I think it's called. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Kindle Unlimited. You pay 10 bucks a month, you can get unlimited amount of books and like I would probably say like 90% of them are urban fiction. There's a bunch of series that I've read that I absolutely love. I I'm in like a Facebook group for it. Like there there's tons and they're so good and they're typically you know like gangster stories or whatever but they're so good and the characters are amazing and the storylines are amazing but anyways they also have a lot of sex scenes in them and they're just they're just really good and so that's that's a great start if you're like oh i don't want to read erotica like it's too much you know just starting out with those or there's these books i'll actually post a picture on my instagram so be sure to look out for it there's these books that my grandma used to read i don't know if anyone knows of these but they're so they're english books but they're like these romance novels and the covers are typically white but the pages on the outside are red um and i just remember her reading those when i was little and i would have her read them to me and I didn't know what she was talking about, but she would just read them to me, so I'm wondering if that's how I got onto this track of my career path. Um but anyways, just if you wanted any suggestions on any books, be sure to um reach out to me or go ahead and um look at my Instagram. I'll be posting some books and some series that I like and just sharing those because I definitely um am a proponent of sharing um work of others that I enjoy as well as um you know women of color typically the artists or the art authors of these books are women of color and I definitely love supporting women of color and their work um yeah so be sure to check it out again it's at instagram at @sexandspanglish 
And if you have any questions, go ahead and email me at sexandspanglish at gmail.com. Moving on to la cochinada del día. Today's cochinada is my partner masturbates, so he isn't attracted to me. This is not true. It's entirely false. Masturbation does not mean you aren't attracted to your partner. It doesn't mean that your partner isn't attracted to you. And it doesn't mean that you don't like having sex. It doesn't mean that your partner doesn't like having sex. What masturbation is, is it's normal. It's sex that just happens to be by yourself. Masturbation is healthy. And it's also a great way to explore your body. And if you're doing mutual masturbation, where you're masturbating your partner at the same time that they're masturbating you, um, then it's a great way to explore one another's bodies. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you're, just because your partner masturbates does not mean they are not attracted to you. Today's question for Ask a Future Doctora is, my man comes too quickly, how do I get him to last longer? I wanna clarify, quickly is different for everyone. So what is quickly for you might be too long for him. Maybe he wants to come sooner. Um, have you had this conversation with him? Um, it's really important to know also what your partner wants, especially because this is concerning their body, right? So you have no control over how they act and how their body like reacts to certain things. And sometimes they feel like they don't have control over it, right? But this is definitely a conversation that you need to have. Um, and, you know, just straight up ask, like, do you want to last longer? Um, if the answer is no, then you're going to have to change the way that you both have sex. So either way, a conversation needs to occur. Um, you know, maybe more foreplay needs to be done. So you're more stimulated um, before you have sex. Maybe there's no insertion until you're almost ready to orgasm so that you're ensuring that, you know, um, you're orgasming or you're pretty much, you know, finished with the session before you go on to have sex and then he ejaculates um, quickly as you say it, right? So it all depends on what your partner wants. So if your partner also agrees that they come too quickly or that they want to last longer, then um, this is something that you can also take up with a medical professional. So I would definitely have them go and see their doctor and express their concerns um, because there could be something medically wrong. Um, I'm not a medical professional, so I can't tell you what that could be. Um, and also, I don't know your partner. Um, so definitely go to see the doctor if that is an option to rule out anything that could be medically wrong. In the meantime, you can practice something called edging. And your partner can do this by himself. And you can also practice with your partner. And I encourage both. Um, because when you two have sex together, it's both of you and not just him, right? That's like you're, uh, you know, playing with him or um, however you want to put it. So edging is, think of it as um, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 is an orgasm and 1 is maybe slightly aroused. So you want to get him to about an 8 and then bring him down to about a 5 and then go back to an 8 and then go back to a five or maybe even a four. And you want to kind of um, play with that and go back and forth. And this is going to take practice. This isn't just like a one-time thing. But practicing edging 
is definitely going to help him become um, used to that arousal. And eventually, um, he should be able to last a little bit um, longer than he does currently. Um, there, another option is masturbating before sex. So either you masturbate for him or he can do this on his own. It just, you know, depends on what you both decide on. Um, but that is an option because if he ejaculates before you two have sex, he's likely to last longer. Now, this isn't a guarantee, but it's typically that's what happens. Um, another question to ask is how often are you two having sex and how often is he masturbating? So if you're only having sex with him, maybe like once a month, um, it's very likely that he's going to come, you know, quickly, as you put it, because he's not used to that touch, not used to that arousal, and especially if he's not masturbating in between times. So say, for example, you two have sex on the first of the month, right? So every every first day of the month, you both have sex. And in between those those other, you know, 30 days, 29 days, whatever it is, you don't touch each other. And he's not masturbating in between that time either. So he's only getting that touch once a month. So that arousal is very, uh, he's, he's like more sensitive, right? So that arousal is going to be heightened because he doesn't get that touch that often. So maybe this looks like, you know, you two having sex more often. Maybe that looks like he needs to masturbate more often. Um, and again, this all just starts with a conversation. What do you want out of your sex life? What does he want out of his sex life? And what do you want out of your sex life together? Because although you are a couple and you have sex together, you are also sexual beings individually. So these are conversations to have with yourself and also conversation a conversation to have with each other. The last thing that I'm going to recommend is his um, think about your mindset. So not only your mindset, but his mindset as well. What are the things that he's thinking when he quote unquote comes too quickly? Like, is he shaming himself for that? Are you maybe shaming him for that? Are you like say, like, do you get frustrated maybe? Like maybe you don't say anything, but you like, you know, you sigh when it happens or, you know, you get up and leave the room or, you know, you act like in a, in a negative way maybe. Um, does he know that this bothers you? Does he know that this is a problem? Um, does he does he voice that this bothers him, that he does this? You know, um, different things like that. So if he's shaming himself about this or, you know, sees that this upsets you, you know, these can all... Um, this, these can all impact um, his his sex life, well, your sex life together, but also it can also impact, you know, how his body reacts. Um, so just as with a woman, you know, if you're, if they're pressuring themselves to orgasm all the time, or they're being pressured to orgasm, you know, faster, or whatever, it's the same thing with a male. If they're being pressured, you know, it's, it's not going to go so well. Um, so that's definitely something to consider as well. Uh, so that's all I have. If you need, um, if you want any more clarification, feel free to email me back or go ahead and DM me on Instagram at Sex and Spanglish. Next week, I'll be soltando toda la sopa on why your chocha isn't tight anymore. So be sure to subscribe y compártelo con una vecina, una prima y una cochina. 
If you'd like a question answered on the podcast, send me an email at sexandspanglish at gmail.com. Join me every week to hear me talk about orgasms, STIs, birth control, and all the other cochinadas your abuelas didn't tell you about. Until then, be sure to follow me on Instagram for weekly topics and updates. And if you want chisme before anyone else and early access to freebies, be sure to sign up for my email list. Simply head to the link tree located in my bio on Instagram and click on email me the chisme. My link tree is also where you can get more information about how you can get personalized coaching from a Latina certified sex coach who can help you navigate your culture and your sexuality sin vergüenza. Instagram is where you'll find me discussing sex and my other passions, food, social justice, y Latinidad. It's also where you can access my Facebook and Twitter accounts. Make sure to follow me and leave me a comment on my social media platforms to let me know you heard this. Espero verte pronto.